Turn with me in your Bibles to Jude, verse 3. We'll start in Jude. The topic that we've been going through is the spirit of apostasy and how it happens. And it's so easy to see. And last week we looked at how that Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, they came to Moses and Aaron and you know, they had a stated reason, but the problem was is the spirit that they had says they took men in Numbers 16.1. We looked at that. The spirit of, of apostasy is not single. No. It's not single. It does not want to be alone. It wants a group. Yeah. It wants to gather Political support. It does not want to stand all by itself. It wants to influence others. But it's for personal gain. Those three men, they wanted influence. One wanted Moses' job and two wanted Aaron's job. And they said to those two men, Moses and Aaron, you take too much upon you. Not knowing that they were taking too much upon themselves. They found it. Yeah? When Moses prays for you, you take notice. He said, Lord, do a new thing. Yes, sir. So, this spirit is serious. And we've seen it in how that, in churches, it's, it's still here today. This spirit is still around and and it's so divisive. And what does it go back to? It starts in a spirit of unbelief in our own personal life. Unbelief and doubt and then being ignorant to the word of God. And then which will lead us to believing error or falling into error. And then we looked at last heresy, which is the not just believing error, but taking it and and preaching it, gaining followers. And that is, it's one thing to be a, a traitor, but it's another to just go to the other side and fight for them. Literally, it has the idea of switching sides, switching teams. And you might say, I'll never do that. I'll never do that. Folks, it's in any of us, every one of us, to do this. In Jude chapter 3, I'm sorry, chapter 3, there's only one chapter. Verse 3, I do that all the time. Jude verse 3 says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation. That's what Jude's desire was. He wanted to talk about how good God's common salvation. That means it's available to all. Jew or Gentile, bond or free. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for a faith. Is that what your Bible says? The faith. So is that plural? It's singular. The faith. Is it the faiths? So... It is a singular faith that you should earnestly contend for the faith which 
was once delivered unto the saints. Once. Amen. Yeah, that's good. Verse 4. For there are certain men crept in unawares. Creeps. Amen. Who are before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men. Turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. So in other words, the grace, as you see in the book of Galatians and how that it's, we are to serve the Lord, but not take that into liberty or license to do whatever we want. Hey, we can sin and be, no. Lasciviousness means to excess. Like people turn the corner down here and floor it. Oh, that drives me nuts. I want to put a spike strip across the road. But that's excess. Right? That's, you know, to turn God's grace into saying, look, somebody who's truly saved cannot do that for long. Do you know why? God will bring you a period of correction. If you can speed and speed and speed and sin, you're not saved. You know, and that's a very strong statement. Say, Pastor, how can you know that? How can you know that? Well, here's, here's what we know. That if you are saved, the Spirit of God will bear witness with your spirit and will say, stop it. Stop it. How often do you hear that? Parents say, stop that. Right? That's correction. And the Spirit of God does that. And so we can say no. But... He's still saying, stop it. And we, we know we're wrong. See, that's where you know you're saved. You ever just, God saying no? Yes, sir. That's good. That's, that means there's the Holy Spirit abiding. Mm-hmm. So this, this passage is talking about how that uh, Jude wanted to write about salvation, but look, it's needful. Look, man, even right away, first century Christianity, a bunch of creeps are entering in. It says they crept in unawares, verse 4. Do you know what that, somebody who creeps or crept in? They're a creep. And <laughs> Dave mentioned it. They're a creep. You know, somebody who's a creep. How does that make you feel when someone's being creepy? Not good. It's kind of like you just get the feeling of unease. Ladies will tell you this. There's certain men that make their skin crawl. I... Oh, that makes me mad. As a husband and father, as a pastor, but just as your friend, ladies, that makes me mad. So there's certain people that can give you the creeps. Well, what about people who walk through that door? And they can come across as an angel of light, if you will, right? But what if they come with their own agenda? They come and say, you know, I'm so glad for this church. And I'm thankful for the Rudolphs. You guys didn't come with your agenda to change us. You wanted to. You're so excited. Aren't you glad they have a desire for the book? When, When Harry read the scripture during the offering... That spoke to me because he loves the Lord. So when people come with a spirit to join us so that they can love the Lord, 
Does that give you the creeps? No. no. That's encouraging. That we join together and, and you guys are like hand in glove. But you know what? There's another end of that. And that's where as your pastor, I have to watch out for your souls. <clears throat> Hebrews tells me that I need to do that. That I need to, to give an account and to watch so in essence, I'm the, the modern day watchman of that gate. Because there could be someone to come in that, has, that, that has, is full of charisma. And I could be fooled. And you could be fooled. And we'll add them to the, the, the membership. And then before long, they're doing this. They've crept in unawares. And they start to subvert your souls. We looked at that last time. That means to twist. Twist you towards God. Twist you against him. That's bad. What I'm trying to say is the spirit of apostasy is a spirit that has a purpose to get you and I to pluck us off. There's a, an obscure passage in scripture in first, I'm sorry, second Peter Talks about, I'm sorry, no, 1 Peter 5, be sober, be vigilant, yeah. right? Because your adversary, the devil. So be sober, that means to be watchful. Yeah, try them, whether they be of God. So what I'm trying to, to invoke and to give you this imagery is that, folks, this spirit is going to bombard those doors, those gates to get in more and more. So much the more as you see the day approaching. Revelation 1.3, just across the page in your Bible. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Man, if the time is at hand when this was written... Man, the time is at the fingers. Do you know what I mean? Can I say it that way? Yes. Keep those things which are written therein. Folks, and can I go even a step further? The spirit of apostasy is a spirit of rebellion. And the faith was purchased in the blood, not just of Jesus Christ, which is the most important part, but also of many martyrs throughout history. There's a special crown given to martyrs. Those that would not renounce their faith, would not renounce uh, Jesus Christ, man, to see, to enter eternity knowing that you did not renounce you will receive a crown of righteousness or a crown that you could be able to cast at the feet of Jesus and say, look, this is for you. I like to give my wife things. You know, and, but when all of our stuff is burned up, Christians, all the stuff here in this world, we can't take it with us. But those crowns that we earn, those will be able to cast at the feet of our Savior. Amen. Those will go through the fire So this faith that we have is serious. It's not, it's, 
This is, it's not a playground. It's not a daycare. It's a battlefield. Can I put it that way? Spurgeon said it this way. He says, we all have our weak spots. When Thetis dipped Achilles in the river Styx, you remember she held him by the heel. This is an old Greek mythology story. She held him by the Achilles heel and dipped him in a Styx. And he was made invulnerable wherever the water touched him. But his heel, not being covered with water, was vulnerable. Where Paris shot his arrow and he died. Even it is so with us. We may think that we are covered with virtue till we are totally invulnerable, but we have a heel somewhere. There's a place where the air of the devil can make way. Hence the absolute necessity of taking to ourselves the whole armor of God, as we see in the book of Ephesians, so that there may not be a solitary joint in the harness that shall be unprotected against the arrows of the devil. Satan is very crafty. He knows the ins and outs of manhood and womanhood. There is many an old castle that has stood against every attack, but at last some traitor from within has gone outside and said, I know an old deserted passage, a subterranean back way that has not been used for many a day. In such and such a field come to an old door, which I, only I, have the key and I will let you in. And so by this back way, I can lead you into the very heart of the citadel, which you may then easily capture. It is so with Satan. Man does not know himself so well as Satan knows him. Read Job 1 and 2. Satan said, yeah, I know, skin for skin. Look, Job will curse you. He didn't. But... Satan knows us. He knows our tendencies. He knows your tendencies. There are back ways and subterranean passages into your heart, which the devil may well completely understand. And he who thinks that he is safe, let him take heed lest he fall. Departing or drawing back from the Lord is spiritual treason. If left unchecked, it will lead to full-on apostasy where the believer sides with the enemy. And this is what's sad. And doesn't even know it. And doesn't even know it. Jesus told his disciples that, that there will be some that will kill you thinking that they do God a service. The Muslims and Catholics, mm-hmm. notorious for this. Mm-hmm. They think they do their God a service. Mm-hmm. Their God, I said. Not Jehovah. Mm-hmm. Their God. So this brings us to the final aspect of this, and that's full-blown apostasy. Now, like I said... If you can stay here, the Lord, and you're saved, the Lord will take you home. But I've found that people don't stay here for long. Their life falls apart. And they just, in pride, they dig their heels in more like Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, 
Who is God that I might serve him? Really? Well, he found out who God was when the Red Sea was crashing down upon him and his army. So we see here in Jude verse 3 that the faith refers to the whole body of truth once delivered to the saints according to what we see in Scripture. The faith. It's not a faith. How many ways is there to heaven? One. There is one door and only one. And you say, well, pastor, you're narrow-minded, isn't that? Yeah, I'm as narrow-minded as, as my Bible. And that's sh- sh- what we all should be. I would love to say, hey, you can get to God any which way you desire. All roads lead to Rome. All roads spiritually lead to heaven, but they do not. There's an old song that I used to listen to growing up. Um, and it was uh, uh, something along this lines of, uh, hey, St. Peter, give me cloud number nine. Tell Hank Sr. that Junior's on the line. I don't know, it just came to my mind today and it just bothered me. Like, I used to believe that that was doctrinal. That first, and I just got to thinking, I was on my way back from the uh, gym exercise and I got to thinking all the doctrine that's wrong in that statement. First of all, St. Peter is not the one that sits at uh, heaven's pearly gates. Upon this rock, just, Peter was was a pastor. That's all, man. It, the, the one whom the church was set upon is Jesus. Amen. Not that small pebble Peter, but the boulder, that rock of, of Jesus. And he's our chief cornerstone. And, and so he's, Peter's not the one that says, yeah, uh, he's not a fruit inspector. Hey, you know, you know, ooh, you stink. You know, no, if you can't come, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Oh, you're nice, you know, or you bought your way in. No, he's not the one who does that. There's so much doctrine out there that is not Bible. That's, you know what that means? It's not part of the faith. That's a faith. So we can fall away from these things. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4. What are, uh, what is going on with this spirit of apostasy. In 1 Peter, I'm sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Did I say Timothy? Sorry. Did I say Timothy? 1 Timothy 4. Page number 1061 in my Bible. Okay, that doesn't help you. <laughs> Sorry. Hopefully you all do not feel like Juliana tonight. She's saying, let my people go. (laughs) 1 Timothy 4, verse 1 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. There's that again. Is it a faith? The faith. Singular. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Forbidding to marry. 
and commanding to abstain from meats. You see this in a lot of so-called doctrines. Which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. So there's a lot going on here. We see, first of all, that uh, someone is an apostate when they depart from the faith. Verse 1 says that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Have you ever known someone to depart from the faith? Some go out from us because they were not of us. That just has the idea that they weren't saved and they didn't doctrinally agree with Jesus Christ and that they needed to be saved. Sometimes people can get spun up over some very minor things. And I, I go back to salvation with those. Other times it's just we can just be in a low point in our life. And the enemy knows that. He can chuck those darts and hit a bullseye. What it, here, this is just verse 1. Some shall depart from the faith. The question is, will that be you? Will that be me? Lord willing, you won't have to remove me this year because of doctrine. Wouldn't that be a very sad thing? That'd be terrible. I know of a church that had to do that just recently. That's sad. That is really sad. But what about for you? Why would we want to get together and have a business meeting to remove you off the church roll because you've departed from the faith? I can think of about a gazillion other ways that I would love to spend a church evening, wouldn't you? We looked at last week how that somebody who's uh, in heresy or is a heretic that we approach how many times? Two times. We approach them twice. And I just praise the Lord for his long suffering. In the spirit in which he deals with us. And that we are after the second time to reject. We don't want to reject. I mean, look around, folks. Who in here would you want to reject? Seriously, we joke and we, you know, we're like, oh, we love to reject Isaac, you know, or whatever. And, you know, no, no. Like, in all seriousness, nobody. I'm serious. It would break my heart to lose any of you. And it would break the church's heart as a whole. That would be hard. No one wants to do that. What I'm trying to do is just create an awareness. We would have, from time to time, we would have uh, voluntary training in the military. There is no such thing as voluntary training. You volunteer, you volunteer. Yes, it's called being voluntold. You are highly encouraged to volunteer. One time, I did not attend one of those trainings, and my boss comes to me and says, Sergeant Coe, where were you? And I said, uh, riding my motorcycle. And uh, he said, uh, you should have been there setting an example. And I said, why? It was voluntary. I volunteered to go ride my motorcycle. And he said, next time, you will volunteer 
to be there, or I will volunteer you for additional duty. I was there next time. Right? So we'd have these mandatory trainings about any number of things, but, you know, being in the Air Force, we're not as vigilant as far as uh, security, because we had the Army for that. No joke. I mean, that wasn't our job. We weren't trained to do it. So I said clear for takeoff and clear to land. That was my job. But you know what? When you go to a place that's dangerous and you could die, and there's people outside the gates that want to kill you, you become a little bit more, how can I say? Aware. A little bit more serious about security. And whenever I was in Kirkuk, Iraq, like... This is the corner of the base, like the, the, right there. I mean, where those, the headstones were, was off base. So, I mean, all that was there was just razor wire that can be blown up or cut. And you're just like, danger is right there. Folks, danger is right there outside those doors. It's dangerous. Folks, don't bring, yeah, we can bring it in. And we can bring, we can become affected with this spirit and spread it. We just went through this where we had, I mean, literally, we were like, what, 10 of us here <laughs> a couple weeks ago? And then uh, I think in men's Sunday school class two weeks ago, I think there were four guys. Right? They made it through the whole book of Judges and then they stopped and came back just for us. I think they made it through the verse still, but didn't want to get too far. But when this spirit enters into a church, it can pluck us off one by one by one. I just want to create in you. We have existed for a hundred and what, 66 years this year. This church has been here for 166 years. But this could be the last year. If we do not contend for the faith that was once delivered, I mean, just think of it, the many messages that have been preached from this pulpit, the many souls that have been saved, <coughs> We have a missionary on the field. We're supporting or sponsoring Brother Males. Folks, we're able to start a work in Halifax because we exist. There's a church in Shelburne because we exist. We're propping up Cornerstone Baptist Church in Oak Park until they can find a pastor. Do you think we do not have a crosshairs on us spiritually? Yes, sir. Yes, we do. You might say, well, we're in the middle or the end of nowhere. But spiritually speaking, we're, in, we're at work. We're serving the Lord. And all the enemy has to do is to get an advantage yeah. is to begin to pluck us off. That's right. And he would love to do it. Why? Because we see here this giving heed to seducing 
spirits. What's a seducing spirit? Seduce here describes the spirits as those of an imposter. Of an imposter. An apostate is willing to have Christ replaced with an imposter, whether that is self, finances, idols, or some perverted doctrine. We talked about this on Sunday, about having an idol, right? What is an idol? You know, we we can covet after things and make them our idols. Anything that's in between our soul and our Savior is an idol. Well, anything that you put in between you and Jesus can lure you away. What's a fishing lure do? Catches fish. Why, why would it draw a fish? Looks like food. And man, I, have you ever gone fishing and you put, you know, a worm or a leech or something on the end of a, a hook and you chuck that in the water and you can see the fish eating your bait? Sorry, do you, can you, I feel strongly about that. I'm like, eat, eat the hook. Come on. Literally, the last time I went fishing was with Rachel. She caught a fish this big. Her hook. No, mine was like, I didn't care. It was bigger than mine, yes. As you can tell, it's ruined our marriage. <laughs> yes. It was, I, didn't even, I didn't even land that little minnow. And it was bait. She caught bait. I'm like, just leave that puppy on there and throw it back and see what happens. That was bitter. Still am. That was like 12 years ago. It was before Gracie. Anyway, threw that puppy in. I throw my bait out, so I, I just slathered it on. I don't remember. It was like a night crawler, like this big, big fat dude. And, and threw it out there and it bent my pole because it's just worms so big. And I just saw fish just eating my bait. Mmm. Too much bait, yeah. <laughs> Next thing I know, I pull it out. All that's left is the hook. They learn to eat around it, right? See, spiritually speaking, we should learn to be able to chew the meat and spit out the bones spiritually. Because ideally, as we mature in the Lord, that, hey, if we hear false doctrine, we won't be seduced by it, drawn away, and be like, wow, that looks good, sounds good. Ooh, that must be a God. It's on the internet. It must be right. Right? No. No. So we can be lured away by things, but may we be like those fish that ate my bait. Smart. Eat around it and say, that's bad. Go, you know, that's, we should not be here. Type of thing. But we can, if we're not careful, if we're not sober, vigilant, be wary of our adversary that wants to ensnare our soul. If we don't watch out, we will get caught up. Seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Wow. Where's your doctrine come from? Oh, my pastor preaches it. 
Where'd he get it? The Bible or the devils? That's, um, that would be an interesting conversation, wouldn't it? You know, people can't handle this. Speaking in tongues. That's not a known language. That's demonic. Pentecostals can't handle that. They think that, you know, you get slayed in the spirit and they get overcome by the emotion and they fall over that the Holy Spirit came and visited them. You know all they got is overwhelmed in their senses and a bump on their head. The floor. They overwhelmed the floor. And, and look, I'm not trying to be mean. I don't have to try. <laughs> but that's a doctrine of devil. <laughs> look, even if all those swine didn't even want to, <laughs> they had the sense that they didn't want to be uh, influenced, yes. possessed, yes. overcome by demonic influence. They ran off the cliff. But folks, this spirit of apostasy will, can influence Christians. It can't pose us, but it can impress if we let it. Doctrines of devils. Lots of doctrines, lots of faiths. But is it the faith? That's the question, right? So we'll stop there. But we'll continue going through this do you know what's interesting? Forbidding to marry. Who's that sound like? Catholics. Catholics. Commanding to abstain from meats. What's that sound like? Islam. There's some Church of Christ. Seventh day. Some. some... You know, if you want to do abstain from meats because that's your diet, that's what you want. That's fine. No problem with that. But that does, if there's a spiritual reason, I'd, I'd love to see it. Show me in scripture. So do you see what, I'm, what we're building towards? Is that this spirit of apostasy is not of God. And it, it can enter those doors and it wants to. But if it ever does... May we show it where it belongs. Escort it out immediately. All right, would you stand with me? Okay, so remember to greet one another. And uh, I won't, or we won't be at King's Kids on Friday. Rachel and I won't, but our uh, lovelies will be. Bright eye and bushy tailed. So we'll get uh, Juliana home. Hopefully, you didn't endure faithfully to the end of the message. Uh, like that crying in your inner self. So, but just glad that you're here. I know this is a more serious thought line, but it's important that we look at doctrines from the Word of God. Because this is a very serious time of history. We're ending the time of our great spiritual liberty that we have in our great nation. It's going to become harder and harder to live for God. So, but it's going to be our choice still. Right?
All right. Brother Ralph, would you close us in prayer, please? Thank you, Pastor. Abba, Father, we want to thank you for your message tonight.